Well, uh, welcome again. And uh, I'm going to uh, continue with our worship with a, with a message from God's Word. I'm not sure what different sports you're into. I know some of you are into uh, football and rugby and motorsport and those kind of things. I used to enjoy a sport called orienteering. Anybody heard of orienteering? Anybody done orienteering? What, what? Two people, three people. Orienteering is a great sport. It's something where you, uh, you get a map and you get a compass and you run around in the, in the forests and the woods looking for uh, little markers that you have to sort of clip to say you've been there. So it's basically uh, running a race, but you're running a race with a map. So you can, you can have problems if you go slow, but you can also have problems if you get lost. So uh, sort of a bit of a, an unusual sport that comes from, from Scandinavia. But I think if you compare that against a, against a sport like football or rugby, you know ice hockey is one of my favourites. Come on, the Canucks, they're doing very well at the moment. Second in the uh, Pacific Division, doing well. Um, if you compare orienteering against a sport like, like a team sport, I think it's easy to see that they're quite different because of the fact that it's one competitor rather than, rather than a whole team. I think it's fair to say that if you're taking a part in a sport which is a team sport versus taking part in a sport which is a, a solo sport, it's a very different experience. Not because of the rules and all that kind of stuff, but lots of different things going on. You're having to play as part of a team. The, the sporting encounter is one that happens together rather than than with an individual. That team becomes bonds together. You know, they get to know each other better. They either get that team spirit. <coughs> Smells like team spirit. And uh, they look out for each other. So there's a difference. There's a difference between, between an individual sport and a team sport. So we are continuing our study today in the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's called Captivated. And we've been thinking for the last couple of weeks about prayer. So we got to the section in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, where uh, Paul was talking about prayer. And so we've taken a slight diversion while we look at personal prayer last week. And this week we're thinking about when we, when we pray together. As a group, groups of people, we pray together. Uh, and I think that really what I want to try and convey to you is that difference, the difference I was talking about between an individual sport and a team sport. The fact that when we pray together, we have a different encounter with God than when we pray on our own. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means and might, might sound like. There's, a, there's some books at the back. By the way, just a quick plug there. All the books at the back are free. Take away anything you want to from the back there. But there's some pamphlets from FIEC at the back uh, and one of them is talking about prayer as being the powerhouse of the church. That's the title on the front. Prayer is the powerhouse of the church. There's a pastor there called Tope Coleso, who's really arguing that the thing that has fueled the experience in his church over a number of years has been the prayer together that the saints there have made. Uh, but the passage that Joan read to us is from the book of Acts and the reason why we chose that one is the book of Acts really has a lot of things about the early church in it. It's about 24 places in the book of Acts where the early Christians are praying together. 
So it's a really good kind of uh, model for us, a, a read for us about that. Uh, and so we're going to think about different places in the Bible where it talks about people praying together. Uh, often here we will, uh, those of you who come here often will know we usually do sermons based on a particular passage and camped out in a passage. Here we're more thinking about what does the whole Bible say about praying together? What does the whole Bible say about talking to God together? But as that's the subject of the sermon, we'd better pray to God perhaps before we go any further. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, what a privilege it is to have your word, uh, for you to communicate to us with the written word. Uh, Lord, will you open our hearts and minds? Lord, will you soften soften everybody here so that they would want to uh, soak up what you have for them today? Lord, don't don't let me get in the way. It's all about you here, Lord. And we want you to uh, really give us something new, something that's going to uh, make a difference in our lives today. Father, we pray that you would do that. Amen. Uh, let me just read to you that passage from Ephesians that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, just as a reminder for you before we get into the rest of the passage. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. And again, folks, will be, because of this, that, that kind of message, we'll be zipping backwards and forwards in your Bible, so get your fingers nimble and ready. Uh, this is uh, a slight exercise for warming you up, you know, to make sure your hands are warm at least through flicking backwards and forwards. So this is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, so this is Paul talking to the Ephesians church. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So that was the passage really we started out on a, a couple of weeks ago and from there we were making the case that what we believe about God, what we know about God motivates our prayers and it gives us the content for our prayers. Uh, we also thought last week about uh, the different kinds of things we might pray and the fact that God is very interested in our hearts, in our attitude when we're praying. We also learned that God's prayers are pleasing, excuse me, we also learn that the prayers of God's people are pleasing to God. Uh, so this week, as we're saying, we're looking at praying together, talking to, to God together, uh, and as for the previous two weeks, I'm just going to start out with a health and safety warning, okay, you may remember this one, this, this is from the same school of health and safety warnings as do not play your electric guitar in the bath. Okay, also from the health and safety warning, may contain nuts on packets of nuts, um, which is always one that gives me a bit of a chuckle. Uh, when we're talking about prayer in this kind of way, I don't want to be legalistic about this. What, what I mean by that is, I don't want you to go away thinking you have to pray in a particular way. 
That rhymed, didn't it? You don't, you don't have to pray in a particular way or particular times, that kind of thing. God is bothered about our hearts, our attitudes. If we pray once every two days, whatever it may be, it's what works for you. Don't be too legalistic or caught up in that. I may have to repeat that health and safety warning later on, just in case. Um, so, uh, again, thanks to Nick for praying. What a wonderful example that was, just to kick us off with, of praying together. Um, different churches pray in different ways. Different churches uh, will stand up and say different things. I heard of someone I know as a child. Their church used to uh, say the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. They used to play, say every Sunday. But the kid was very confused about why we should not be led into Thames Station. Uh, you know, what was it about Thames Station that was so bad? You know, was this a railway station where really awful things happened and, and you know, really bad things uh, occurred? Um, so again, we don't want to get uh, too caught up in, in one particular way of saying things. Uh, we want to reflect the fact that God has given us freedom as to how we pray. He's given us wisdom to do that and he's given us the Holy Spirit to prompt us. So it's really... So we're going to kick off by thinking a little bit about uh, how people pray together. Um, we're going to think about the different occasions when that might be happening fairly briefly because I think these would be uh, fairly, fairly obvious to you in, in some ways. The first one I, I, is what we just done, praying together in church. Uh, it makes up part of worship services. Um, it's where as a group of believers, we are going to pray together as we, as we worship together. The Bible tells us to do this as part of our worship. And so we do. Uh, you don't need to turn there, but in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it's actually on the top of your pieces of paper. 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul writes this, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And that's Paul talking about worship. He's talking about worship services, giving us an instruction that we should pray together. Uh, so the Bible tells us to pray as part of worship and reminds us again about some of the content that, that might be in there. Uh, now, in the same way that Nick just prayed there, uh, is this something that Nick does on his own when he stands up here? Is he doing that on his own and we're just going, you know, checking our smartphones and, you know, nodding off at the back, opening up a boiled sweet or two, you know, whatever it may be. Werther's originals go a long way, don't they? Yes, we like a Werther's original. No, no, we engage in the prayer. We, we join with him when he's praying in that we, we are saying amen together. We are saying your will be done to our Father together. It's not something he's doing on his own. It's something we're doing all together. Another place, and this would have been, I think, more popular, or not more popular, that's the wrong word. This would have been more frequent, maybe in previous generations, I don't know. I might be wrong on that. But praying together in family situations, when families gather together to pray, whether that be uh, saying grace together, gathering together at the end of, a, end of a day, turning off the electric goldfish bowl and, and just having a chance to sit down and, and uh, have a time praying together, maybe reading the Bible and praying together, I don't know. Um, 
one-off prayers, prayers and requests? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think those things are as common as they used to be, but I think they are a great encouragement and a really important part of uh, things that can really build up family life together. Uh, saying, getting the kids to say grace is always fun. We used to try and find out uh, after a while, we used to look for more novel ways, perhaps, of saying grace together. Uh, so, uh, one that has stayed with me, that's still one of my favourite, which came after, uh, in, the inspiration came after reading the, reading the back of a cereal packet, was, uh, Lord, make us like the cornflake, crisp and ready to serve. Um, which is what it says on the back of cornflake packets. Uh, so, the, you know, the, the, that's kind of a good thing for, for families to be doing. It's something that, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I've struggled with. Um, myself and Denise have wanting to have good prayer times together for quite a long time. And, and there's always been something cropping up, some kind of issue for us. Uh, busyness at the end of the day, distractions. Uh, the internet just being plain knackered sometimes. Uh, but carving out a time to do that is very important. And carving out a time to do that can um, really add to the spiritual welfare of the family. Um, now, I also know that there's a number of you here who have spouses who are not believers. Or who have older children who are not believers. And that this makes that kind of thing a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging even painful in some cases, even impossible in some cases. I just want to encourage you. I think I just want to encourage you that, okay, even if you do not get the chance to pray with them, still pray for them, still remind them time to time that you are, that you are praying for them. Um, please do not let your, their harsh words or, or their scepticism put you off from that. Um, and we, we join you in your prayers for them. Please do know that we pray regularly for, for your spouses and your, your kids, that they will come to know the, know the Lord. Um, praying in GOKOs, what we call gospel, uh, growth communities, or in house groups, or when you go around to Andrew and Angela's for Bible study, or wherever else we might gather more, uh, informally together as, as Christians we do that we sit and we pray together as a group it might be just a couple of people or it might be uh, a whole crowd of us um, personally I just think this is a wonderful time of prayer this might be some of my favourite sort of times when we, people pray together <coughs> because, because you're, it allows people to pray perhaps a bit more personally a bit more uh, intimately, maybe, maybe we're going to pray for things that we don't always share. We don't always feel comfortable to share in a big group, but if there's two or three or four of us or five or six, yeah, but I'm more prepared to share that. Um, it can be um, more personal. It can allow us greater depths. We're going to talk about that more in a moment, but I think. Uh, Personally, I've, I've received so much encouragement and so much joy from praying together in that sort of way. Two or three or four or five believers just praying together um, is just a fantastic thing. Uh, you can see that from the guys. And uh, finally, uh, praying one-to-one. -one. Uh, two, two believers, perhaps they've met up for a cup of coffee. Perhaps they've just popped round to their house to borrow their lawnmower or something or whatever it be. And just, and just saying, yeah, hey, would you... 
Can I just pray for you? Or, or uh, can we just pray together for this? Or, or will you pray with me? Uh, brothers and sisters just sitting together, standing together. It might be somewhere quiet, might be somewhere noisy, might be uh, on the phone, might be over Skype, might be on FaceTime, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. They're precious times. Hopefully our hearts can be just totally open to another believer and we can really speak to each other in that way. And I'm sure there's other categories, I'm sure there's other ways you can think of where, where believers pray together um, but before we get on to the, sort of the main thing about thinking of the, the real importance of corporate prayer, I just want to touch on a couple of uh, practical issues, uh, just very briefly. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff over the last two weeks about prayer, in terms of content and our hearts and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff applies to these. I'm not going to repeat them all. They're on our website. Uh, if you haven't got access to the internet... I'll meet you for coffee and go through it again with you, whatever. You know, but I'm not going to repeat all that stuff again. And all the God's people said, hallelujah. Um, but just a couple of other sort of practical things to, to think about. I think it's important that we, when we're praying in groups that we don't pray what people want to hear. That we pray our hearts, that we, we, we pray for the hearts of the people around us. We don't want to be like that guy we looked at in, in Matthew 6 where he's standing on the street corner and praying loudly and in, in public and everyone's going, ooh, you're so religious, ooh, you pray really well. <laughs> we don't, you know, we're not into that. We want to just pray our hearts. We don't want to be uh, conscious in, in that way of, of being, being the folks around us. We're, praying to, we're talking to our Father in Heaven, not trying to be a super religious person. Uh, also, I mean, I'm very conscious that many p- people are uncomfortable about speaking in public or about, or about oh, never mind praying in public, but, but about praying in public um, or, or thinking, oh, well, it's, uh, we're going to pray together and it's gone quiet. Does that mean I should pray now? Or the two people next to me have prayed. Should I pray next? Or, but I don't really want to because I don't feel comfortable. Okay, folks, do not worry about all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't say strongly enough. We want to be in a place where people feel safe and comfortable enough to pray, but if you don't feel like praying, don't pray. That's okay. It's not that you have to pray. If it's silent for ten minutes, that's fine. That's good. There's no no problem with that. We should never feel, ooh, I have to pray. Okay, we just want people to feel comfortable. When you do pray, pray specifically. There's a great impact, I think, in praying for people by name or specific outcomes or being very intentional. Even from up here, that's okay. Uh, And like we said last week on personal prayer, practicing makes it easier. Although for some people, if you are nervous speaking in public, it may may always be a a struggle for you. But we hope at some point you would feel that. Uh, Again, don't play your electric guitar in the bath. Don't get caught up on all these details. Okay, so what we're going to do now is to... And this is the real main point. Here's the big deal I want us to focus on. You know, there are things going on when we pray together that are not happening when we we pray on our own. Okay, things happen when we we pray as as more than one Christian, as a group of Christians that aren't happening 
when we pray on our own. Uh, and I want to focus, and many of those, most of those are spiritual things. And I guess that makes sense, because otherwise, why would God have told us to pray together? You know, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he have just said, if he just wants us to pray on our own, why wouldn't he have just given us a lot of instruction about, about praying on our own? And he did give us a lot of things to, to think about for praying on our own, but no. We have lots of examples like the passage Joan read where Christians are praying together, where they're, they're speaking to God together, where they're bringing thanksgiving or requests or, or supplications or whatever, it is, whatever word you want to use, confessing their sins together to God. Why? Why do you think that is? Why do you think he, he's, he's, he's made this thing of, of praying together? What should we, let's call it this thing about, let's call it corporate prayer. Praying as a group of, of people, as a body. Why has he done that? Well, I think it's, it's about encountering God in a different way to, to personal prayer. It's about encountering God in such a way that he's graciously designed to build us up and to, and to bind us together as a group of believers, as a group of Christians. It's different. You know, this is different to when we talk to God on our own. Let's think about why that might be a little more. First of all, can I suggest to you that we gain more uh, insight into the life and into the hearts of, of our brothers and sisters, our, our fellow Christians. If we are going to be brothers and sisters together, we have to be authentic. You know, we have to be real with each other. We can't just, you know, oh, uh, uh, yes, everything's fine. Have you got any, any prayer requests? No, everything's marvellous. Uh, yes, we're re- really good. You know, no, you know, no, will you pray for the fact that my... Dad is not very well at the minute. Can you pray for the fact that my friend is suffering from cancer? Can you pray for the fact that, even if they're small things, you know, can you pray for the fact that I lost my glasses ten days ago and I haven't found them yet? You know, just, just being authentic and real with each other, not pretending to be just like plastic Christians or something. Uh, guys, I've got to say, we're often bad at this. I know I am. We, you know, we're, we're, we're more reluctant. We're not prepared to share some of that inner stuff. We've got to be more open with each other. Uh, if that's just with guys to guys, that's okay. If that's just brothers, then that's good. You know, asking for prayer requests from, from our brothers and our sisters, that's okay. E- even if asking them, I mean, I, I'm always very encouraged when. Um, when someone asks for a prayer request and they just, someone just prays straight away they just say oh let's pray for that now and they just pray away that encourages me a lot uh, and this is a great way of how we get of getting to know each other better getting to know who we really are because when, when we're praying this way we get to know our, our, about our hopes our expectations fears, our griefs, our plans, our struggles, our desires, our needs. It brings us closer to each other and it brings us closer to God when we pray in this way. So that's what I think that's, that's, that's one of the things there that, that 
uh, is different. I think also we invest in each other's lives in a different way. Our bonds in Christ are made deeper when we pray together. It helps us to gain insight, yes, but then it's also a tool for us to do something with that insight when we're lifting our brothers and sisters up to our Heavenly Father, when we're lifting our our friends and our neighbours, our co-workers, the church, the wider church, um, we're investing in that stuff. It starts to matter to us more and more. more And if you've noticed this, the more you pray for things, the more they matter to you in that way. Um, I think I've said this before, but this, I think, is such an important phrase. That someone pointed out to me that when we're praying about things, we're not praying about the work. So, if if we pray for our mums and toddlers group, first steps, we're not praying about the work. Praying is the work. Praying to them is gospel work for God's kingdom where we're lifting them up. That is just as important as the volunteers who turn out on a Friday morning, praying for first steps in that way. Uh, so let me, so if you want to turn to Ephesians, if you didn't already turn there at the beginning, can I ask you just to turn to Ephesians chapter 4? Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just going to read the first, I'm just going to read that first, first couple of verses there. Uh, as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace what I want to suggest to you is that when we're investing each other in this way we're doing exactly that for the local church. When we're praying for each other, we're helping to build up those bonds of peace, helping us to maintain the unity in the church, helping us to get to lock arms together. You ever seen? You saw? Uh, what was it this week? It was the uh, it was the march where in Paris after the after the shootings, everything, and all the all the world leaders are walking along. They're walking along arms and arm in arm together. That's that kind of idea of, yeah, we're, we're locking arms, we're being, we're being strong together, we're united in this. When we pray together, we're doing that, we're, we're locking arms together for, for uh, what we're praying about. Um, it helps us to remind us that, that Christ is the head of the church. Because we're, we're praying to Christ as a group of people, we're saying, yeah, you're in charge of the church, you're the head of the church, we're the body. And we submit to you. We submit to you. We're also investing together when, in this way. And this helps us to forgive each other. We talked a little, about, a little bit about forgiveness last week. Just acknowledging how uh, easy it is to say it. And how difficult it is to do it. Uh, particularly if we're in her very, very, different, very deeply. Uh, and again, there's a, whole, there's a whole sermon series on that I'm, I'm not going to touch on right now. But can I, can I suggest to you, and I don't know if you've experienced this, it's a lot easier to find forgiveness for someone who you've prayed with. It's a lot easier to forgive someone who you've shared prayer with than it is for someone who you're like. Um, and so when we're investing together 
in this way uh, if someone does offend us it's going to be easier for us to, to keep short accounts with each other to forgive each other it's not a silver bullet in any way but wow it sure helps but also when we're, we're praying together we're praying these, these captivated prayers together these prayers full, full of theology and, and motivated by our motivated by our, our theology um, we're also uh, sorry we're also encouraging each other we're also uh, li- building each other up I think we're best blessed here at Rotherham Evangelical Church with so many people who have the spiritual gift of encouragement I think so many of you are uh, uh, encouraging people um, and this is a way in which we can express that this is a way in which we can express encouragement for each other when we're praying for each other we're encouraging each other we're lifting each other up when someone prays with us when they lift up what's on our, our hearts together to our Father we know they've had some insight into, into, into our lives and the lives of the people around us we know that, that we are on their heart even at, even at that moment we're on that heart what an incredible encouragement that is uh, let's just flick back over to, to Acts uh, to the passage that Joan read you may not have been there before Acts chapter 4 that was uh, Acts chapter 4 and uh, what's going on here is that, is, that, is that Peter and John have just been released, they've been questioned by the Sanhedrin um, they've, been, they've been threatened and they've come back to their church they've come back to the church actually they come back to, to the church and, you know, think about that. You know, they've been in a courtroom. They've been in a courtroom and they've been threatened by the judge, you know. So they're not going to be feeling that uh, chunky at this point. You know, I mean, they're not going to be feeling that really sort of uh, happy about what's going on. And they come in and they, they share with the church everything's been reported and what's been said and when they say this they raise their voices in prayer together what, what encouragement that must have been to Peter and John yeah they're going to be feeling a bit, a bit yeah. and they're, they're lifted up in this way and they're, they're acknowledging the, you know, even, even talking about the content yeah, they're acknowledging that God is sovereign they're saying that he's the creator there that they're saying that you made heaven and earth and the seas and everything in it they're, talking, they're praising God for the Holy Spirit there the, the, uh, their theology of the Trinity and all that stuff they've got a, a quote from elsewhere in Dubai in their scriptures and they're, they're praying for boldness what, a, what an encouragement that must have been to, to John and Peter in that way when, they, when they, were, they were prayed for that must have been just a real like shot in the arm real electric shot um, well, finally, we, we speak together. I want to suggest to you that the, the, one of the differences between praying together and on our own is we, we speak together with, with one voice. We speak together with, with one heart. We say one thing together to God. It re, it's reflecting the fact that, that God 
as we mentioned last week, God has been having, think about it this way, God has been having a three-way conversation between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit forever, from, from eternity. The three of them have been talking together. And we're being invited, as we said last week, we're invited to join that conversation. Yes, we're being invited to join it individually, but we're also being invited to join it together. So it's like one group of people over here inviting another group of, so it's all of you on that side, inviting all of you on that side to come and join the same conversation. That's, that's, what, that's part of what's going on. Elsewhere, Paul, uh, Paul draws the very strong analogy between the church and a physical body. Let me just read that to you. Um, so, and we've, we've talked about this before, I know, from First uh, Corinthians. This is First Corinthians chapter 12. Now, let me just read this to you briefly. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if a ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Uh, and so if you think about your body, does your body speak with one voice? Of course it does. If it's something, you know, if you're, if you're tired, your whole body's tired. You know, it's not that your arm goes to sleep and the rest of you is trying to do things, you know, your, your arm's snoozing over your ear, or, or it's, it's, if you're upset, you're all upset. You know, it's not that you're, it's not that one foot's happy and the other foot's sad. You know, that, that makes no sense. And so it's like that when we're talking together, we're saying we are one body. We are one body, and so we speak together with one voice about the things. When Nick prays for, for the situation in uh, Niger, we all say, yes, we're upset about that. Lord, will you do something about it? It's like a conference call where everyone can hear everyone else. You, you do, have you ever done a, you've done a conference call? You know, those things where you... You, you, you pick up a phone and there's about four of you talking on the phone at the same time and you keep interrupting each other and all that sort of thing. Um, you share the input together. You, you come up with, you participate in the process. You, ex, you participate in the, the experience, the experience of praying together. And so we pray together with one voice in the, in the kinds of things we're talking about. We share our thanks, we share our joy, our troubles, our grief. We lift them to God. So I want to suggest to you that these things do not happen, or certainly not to the same degree, um, probably not at all, when, when we pray as individuals. And this is why the Bible gives so many examples of people praying together for us. Our brothers and our sisters with us then have an encounter with God that we share in. Now hold on. Hold on a minute. 
I've talked a lot about praying together as a Christian with brothers and sisters and that kind of stuff. But what happens if you're here today and you're not a Christian? What happens if all this stuff is, is you're saying to us, well, yeah, okay, and fair enough, but I'm not a Christian. So what is it that you're actually saying? First of all, I want you to know how glad we are that you're here with us today. How encouraged we are that you're here. There's nowhere else that we want you to be than here with us today. I hope that this discussion that we've been having, this sort of talk that we've been having about praying to God, has interested you. you that you've found something that you found maybe attractive. Something that, that you can see, yeah, that, that actually sounds quite good. I can, I'd, like to, I'd like to do some of that. I'd like to have that encounter that, that you're, you're talking about. I, I would like to encounter God in that way. A yearning for that kind of communication that we've been talking about. Perhaps even just yearning for, for an authentic relationship with, with other people as, as you share your concerns and as you hear their concerns. Uh, the opportunity to, to really lift, think about and lift up those kind of thoughts together. If you're feeling that, and you're here today and you're not a Christian, I would urge you to find out more. Do you realise that the kind, of, the kind of access to God that I'm talking about, the ability to take our requests to God, however big or, or small, is just an incredible thing that, that Christians share. To be able to go to the creator of the universe, the one who's scattered a billion stars into space and say, oh, you know, Father... I'm just really upset about this. Or, Lord, will you... I just have this real need in my life. Can you meet it? Do you know what a privilege that is? And we can only do that because he sent his son. Because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth to die for us, to take the punishment, to take the sin on his own shoulders because of the bad things we've done because of who we are. Because Christians believe in him and because we want to follow him, because we've turned our lives from that, from one road to a road to follow him, because of that, Jesus will plead for us. God allows us to present our prayers to him, not because of... God will allow us to present our prayers to him, not because of who we are, but because of who his son is. Not because of what we've done, because of what of his son's done. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, there's nothing we want more for you than you would join with us as we experience God together, as we pray together, as we live a Christian life together. Please, talk with the Christian who invited you or brought you, or please talk with myself or with the person who's next to you who you might realise is a Christian. We would love to discuss this more with you. But we should move on. Finally, as we talked about last week, I want to reiterate this because I think this is important. We said last week that uh, prayer is, is two things. It's a conversation and it's an encounter with God. And I quoted Tim Keller last week on that. So I want to again think about the idea that uh, in the same way that if prayer is an encounter with God, then praying together is encountering God together. We saw last week from Revelation 5. And this, this blew my mind away, to be fair. 
Perhaps that's why we're saying it again. We, we saw from Revelation 5 that the prayers of God's people are a pleasing aroma to him. The prayers of God's people are pleasing to him. If, if unity in the church and our love for each other are pleasing to him as they are, then aren't those prayers that we pray together of great value to our Father? If we're praying for our brothers and sisters, those prayers are, are pleasing to God. If we're praying for our community, those prayers are pleasing to God. If we're praying for our community, if we're praying for the leaders over us, if we're praying for other churches... Those things have value regardless of how they're answered. Regardless of whether God says yes or yes but not now or no. Regardless of that, those prayers have great value to God. Let's pray together.